Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On this uh, episode, I'm very, very excited. I woke up uh, on uh, Pacific Coast time. This man, uh, I woke up so early this morning, I was, it was like it was Christmas time uh, because I got a chance to be able to hang with him. Um, if you don't know him, you're going to know him. This guy is the real deal and what I love about it, and he's exactly what the show is about. Um, I'm always about uh, finding people who are amazing people who happen to do great things. This guy, uh, the, the list of great things that he's done is a mile long, but his heart, his soul, and who he is, is even further along. And I just, I'm, I'm blown away by him. I'm blown away by the accomplishments, but I'm more blown away by the 10 minute call that I got to have with him that I got to share a little bit of his heart and he pours it out and you're going to be able to uh, hear this. You can find him at jeffreylopes.com. Please don't call him Lopez, although he calls himself that sometimes. Um, <laughs> Jeff, the the Jeff, no, Jeff Knows Inc., which we're going to get into, podcast, which honestly is fire. This is, the again, the real deal. I love when you can scratch the surface and find better things under the surface than you would on the outside. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Jeff Lopes. Uh, man, I mean that intro. I think we could just end it right there, and uh, I'm gonna get you to write my intro for my for my <laughs> website. But uh, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate having this platform. I appreciate getting to know you, and I and I love your shirt. As we said, Bruce Lee on the on a skateboard. You can't get any more uh, more awesome than that. Hey, man this 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 brand. Uh, one of my friends was telling me about. It. It's called uh, Everybody Skates. I don't know if they're still out there. If you're still out there, I want you guys. I want to connect with you guys. Um, but they took all the iconic Ali. They took uh, Bruce Lee. They did take Michael Jackson, which was a little tough at the time. I mean, it was before the all the stuff. And they yeah. put them all on skateboards, which I thought was amazing. Let's go right into Bruce Lee because when I showed up with this shirt on, you were like, I got figurines. I got Bruce <laughs> Lee. Why was he such a uh, – why is he so important to you and what, what does he mean to you? <sighs> I mean, martial arts has always been something that's been part of my life, even growing up. I mean, on and off, I always participated and, and it became actually, as we'll talk later on, one of my main businesses and he's just iconic. I mean, his, the, what he stood for and, and how he changed how we looked at martial arts, how we turned it into entertainment, how he turned TV into a different world altogether. Like his place on earth will be remembered for generations, generations, generations. I think he's just one of those iconic, the, you put him next to the Ali's, the Einstein. People I have on my wall here, because he's actually on my wall here on the side here, where people that test the, the, the tapes of time, they just, they're icons and somebody that every generation, my son watches Bruce Lee movies at 12 years old. And it's like something that's so impactful of what he did and, and, and how many people he touched, right? So question that I had for you is, uh, you, you developed and, and founded Kimura Wear, which all of you UFC people out there, I've got a lot of uh, listeners that are UFC fans because, uh, I mean, we, we've just been with it since the beginning. Me and my brother started watching it, UFC 1, which is amazing. Mm. You were on the, the, the ground level, right? Yeah. And what, but what I, the question that I wanted to ask you is, a lot of times the first to the party doesn't get all the shine that you think. So a lot of times people think like, oh, I'm going to be the first of the party and everything's going to go like shoot to the moon. And a lot of times the first of the party goes through the challenges, goes through the mud, goes through the things. What did that teach you being so early on in something that was going to explode later? I, I think it was more of a situation where if you have to, and I've been like this with all my businesses, like I, I even prior to starting Kamora, where I had ran and exited quite a few companies. So it's, it's that mindset of learning how to 
read the market and learning how to pivot the market. And I think that was key. And I realized that from the beginning. And I realized, and I saw the whole climb. I like I, I jumped on the bandwagon when it was just about to start peaking. And I and I saw there was a huge potential. And I saw that it was just opening up the eyes to a lot more audience than I think even the UFC expected at that time. So I thought, how am I going to get in front of as many people as I can? Because I, I always look at the long-term of every business. Even though I might have an exit strategy, I look at the long-term. So when I picked the name Kamora, where a lot of people in that industry at that time that were starting apparel companies or equipment companies were pairing, picking very aggressive names. And I thought the long-term long term of this company might not go that route. We might switch. So I wanted to pick a name that could travel to the length of time. And that's where I picked the name Kamora, where, and then from there, it was also understanding that I had a very short window to brand myself because I knew there's going to be other big dogs jumping on the bandwagon very quickly because it was just it was it was such a, a fresh market and there were so many new eyes daily growing on it. So I said I got to be quickest to the market and I thought the quickest way is is apparel. You got to get in front of people and and I and I worked out I worked out certain ways to get on as many athletes as I could in front of as much TV exposure as I could as quick as I could build the brand up that I knew where I was placed. And then I was ready at any moment to pivot. And then that's when we had to do literally about a year, not even a year later, about 11 months into the brand, I started pivoting already when other big, other big brands started jumping on the same bandwagon as me, right? This episode is brought to you by one of my favorite companies in the entire world, the Mina Group. As one of the top culinary experiences in the world, celebrity chef Michael Mina and his team are dedicated to giving you what you never knew you always wanted. With 30 locations throughout the world, this company is focused on the one thing that truly matters, their people, and that is why they are your world of wow. Change your life by going to michaelmina.net. So how are you able to, cause you have a, a marketing background, you're an absolute genius with branding. I mean, like I, and I've been watching man. And I mean, number one, if you're not guys, if, if you're listening right now and you're not listening to Jeff knows Inc podcast, you need to listen to it. It's the best podcast out there. Um, and, but you know, marketing, you, you understand the, the PR part of it. You understand these parts, but the thing that I notice with you all the time is that you're always playing long ball. You're never playing the short game. Talk to us about that long ball because we were just talking about it earlier before uh, before we started recording. Actually, I was recording, so I'll release it. Um, but you were talking about I was you were putting sponsorships on people, and a lot of times you were losing money by putting the sponsorship on. But you knew the long game. Talk to us about that long game. Why is it so important? Yeah, I mean, people look at a brand and they all think of they're looking for that initial reaction whether it's it's through likes follows or financial and people don't realize with marketing marketing is to me is almost like you're paying your rent you have to put it part of your brand part of your business so when i look at marketing on a monthly basis i don't look at it as a return on investment a lot of people will put money towards social media ads or money towards google ads and if they don't get that initial return on investment they automatically think they lost money on it my mind with marketing is is part of my monthly budget. It's just part of running the business. It's like paying staff. It's 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 paying the rent. It's paying the electricity. Marketing has to be equated to your business. As your business grows, that part of it grows as well. And there's certain times when you're going to flood more money into marketing. Other times you're going to push money away from marketing. But you have to know when to play with it. Like 2020, for example, a lot of people, their businesses went down. 
I spend more money in marketing in the last 12 months than I did for the last five, six years before, because I realized that you had to, you had all this audience at home. Now I wanted to go more B2C. I needed to get in front of these people. So instead of me saying, I got to save money, I, I can't, I can't really spend money now because we're not making as much as we had. I thought now is a perfect time to pour more money in and play in the long haul. So the more I brand myself now, when the market gets back into where it's going to be, where it eventually will be, all of a sudden, all these companies have lost, have went bankrupt. Who's top dog now? Who's everybody going to remember for the last 12 months seeing ads? And now you're on, now you don't, you don't need to grow 20. You're, you're growing 30, 40% in the next 12 months after, because now you're going to have so much more market share. So understanding when to pour the money into marketing and not being scared to, and not looking at the original or the initial return on investment, looking at the long-term return on investment always. So where did this mentality come from, man? I mean, because like, let's go into the genius of Jeff. Like, and I know you're a humble guy and you're going to be like, yo, you're going to, you're, you're always going to make other people look great, but let's go back, you know, let's go back into young Jeff or young Jeffrey. And where did this mentality start to come into play? Because it seems, it seems so natural to a person who sees you now, but I know, you know, there's a lot of work that went into this. Where did the work start? I mean, I've always, I mean, if we want to talk about hustling, I'm, I've always been a hustler. I mean, we're looking at sports cars before we went on air. <laughs> at, honestly, Kelly, at 12, 13 years old, my dad used to drop me off at a, at a sports car convention. I would come with 25 bucks in my pocket, buy packs, open, sell, and leave with 100 bucks on a Saturday. And that would be my spending money for the week. So I've always had that, that hustler mentality. It's always been there. And I started my first company actually at 17 and ran it for about a year and a half. And then I ended up starting my original, original company in the fitness industry at 19. So I've always had that mindset of just learning. And you have to be open to learning. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there's so many people in every single industry, and me included, you're going to lose a lot of times. But when you are looking at the overall wins and losses, as long as you have more wins above the loss category, and you're stacking up those wins, you're doing everything right. So when I, when, when I look at where I did this all, it's just constantly, constantly intaking as much as you possibly can. So I'll take, I'll, I'll listen to somebody like you and your podcast and I'll intake something there. I'll read a book and I'll intake something there. So you're constantly intaking, 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 and then you're filtering what you can use. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll get in front of 10 people that, that are where I want to be. And I might take a little from here, a little from there and look, and then I'm building my own, my own portfolio my own brand. So I think the biggest problem with people that start being entrepreneurs or start a new business is they try to reinvent the wheel. Mm. I never reinvent the wheel. I literally look at everybody that's built the wheel. I, I figure out how many different wheels there are on the market and I'll pick and choose. And then I'll build my own through everybody else's, everybody's else's last 10 or 15 years of, of studying the market and learning it. So I constantly, I'm just literally picking, picking, picking and building my personal brand from everybody else's work in a way. So tell me about the construction. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the construction of, of 12 year old Jeff, because this is the billion dollar question, right? Is it nature or is it nurture? Did Jeff come out of the womb and he was hustling or was there things that your parents or maybe your uncle or a friend was starting to say that you were starting to pick up on to be able to create that hustle? I, I, we talk about this all the time, Kelly, and, and, and this is that million dollar question with entrepreneurs. Are you born an entrepreneur? Or are you not born an entrepreneur? 
I believe you could be taught all the tools along the process. You could be taught how to sell. You could be taught how to market. You could be taught how to network. You can't teach hustle. Mm. Either you have or you don't. And I think that's what makes the top athletes in the world. That's what makes the top fighters in the world is the ones that have that mindset where they are going to be when everybody gets off hockey player, when everybody gets off the ice, you always hear the top hockey players in the world. They're the ones still on the ice shooting an extra couple hundred pucks or the top basketball players in the world. Kobe Bryant. We, I talk about this all the time. The reason he passed away was that helicopter, that helicopter for 10, 15 years before was the same thing that was bringing him to the arena every day, an hour and a half before his teammates got there because he didn't want to be stuck in traffic to shoot an extra 1500 baskets a day. So it's, it's having that, that hustle and understanding that you can't take your foot off the pedal. Cause the minute you take your foot off the pedal, there are tons of smart people just right behind you trying to get, get in your, in your lane. So you have to keep your foot on the pedal and being very steady with where you want to go and being very direct with the course you want to go. Right. Who helped you to develop your filter? Because you were talking about it. I want to go into that part of it. You were yeah, talking yeah. about the fact that you intake, you intake, you intake. But I think the most important part about you, man, is your is your filter. Like as far as you, Jeff, like, and I see you. And I mean, what you do is so, is so powerful. Like everything, like every clip that I see, every podcast that I listen to, um, when you're talking, when, when we'll get into it here in a little bit, when you're building dad entrepreneurs, you are so targeted and so impactful on all those things. What helped you to build your filter? Uh, is, is, is understanding what, what your true passion is and your passions. I think one thing a lot of people have a misunderstanding is, is, is they talk about, I have a purpose and they have one purpose and that's their purpose. I have tons of purposes. My kids are one purpose. My, my relationship with my wife is another purpose in my life. Building different businesses have different purposes. At different stages, they have different purposes. So first off is understanding that you could have tons of different purposes. And you could, as long as you master your schedule, you could build and grow all and focus on all these purposes. I think that's the first thing. But second is, is just understanding that when you are tr- figuring out what you want to do, you have to understand there's certain things that you're going to have to remove out of your life to get there. And then there's certain sacrifices you're going to have to do to get there. And, and one sacrifice I do, like I, 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 I try to aim to be home every day from three to seven and I, and I don't miss dinner with my family in order for me to be able to sit down and have a meal with my family every single night. I realize that I'm going to have to sacrifice myself in other ways. So I'm up at four 30, not because I love getting up at four 30. Always hears entrepreneurs are like four 30 and I, and this is the greatest schedule. I hate it. I get out of bed. My eyes are burning. I'm like, why am I doing this every single day? But I know if I sacrifice myself at four 30, getting up every single day, it's allowed me the advantage of going for bike rides every night with my kids. Like if you see my, my social posts, I go for bike rides. I, I'm literally out for two, three hours every night with my kids because I sacrifice myself in the morning to allow myself the space to do that. Where did you get that example? I mean, I, I would say there's certain aspects of it. I mean, when it comes to family time, I mean, I have to look at my dad for that. I mean, my dad was a huge inspiration in that. And I only realized that later on in my life now, as I got older, I could actually sit back and reflect on what my dad did. My dad was a blue collar Ford worker, worked two weeks day, two weeks night, worked like a dog. But one thing he realized, and I only realized later on in my life, is he valued wealth as time. And it's such an important thing. And how I realized that is my dad, we had at that time when I was growing up, my, all my all my 
family, uncles, everybody, everybody worked at Ford Motors because it was a great paying job. It was a factory job, great benefits. So everybody worked at Ford and all my uncles, friends of the family, they all, their dads all worked weekends because weekends you're paid time and a half. So back then time and a half at Ford, it was like 45 bucks an hour, which is incredible. <laughs> so, but what my dad did was my dad never worked weekends. My dad never worked a weekend. And when his shift was done, he was home. So he realized that he worked just enough to live a comfortable life. But he realized spending time with us was so much more important than working those extra money to have a nicer car. And one thing I did too was he would stack all his vacation together. So every summer, he would have roughly three to four weeks of vacation. We get in the car from Toronto, Canada, drive up to Cape Cod, rent a little beach house and spend three, three weeks, three and a half weeks every summer in Cape Cod. So he really focused on family time and realized, and, and he'd always say, and I remember like, I, I hear my uncles and him talk and they're like, why don't you work weekends? And, like, and my dad would always say, no, I'd rather be home with the family. So he realized, and I guess later on in life, that indirect mentoring of my dad made me realize how important building wealth had to equal freedom and freedom to do the things you love, spending time with your family, doing your things you truly have passion for, right? So you were talking about it earlier where all you had to do was have more in the win column than in the, the loss column. And you made it seem yeah. so simple, right? <laughs> Who, Jeff, I, I love this because when you talk about things, I'm just like, well, hell yeah, you need to spend that time with your kids. You need to ride your bike. You asked me the question the other day and man, I didn't even want to be your friend afterwards. You were like, uh, when's the last time you took a walk with your children? I was like, uh, just leave me alone, brother. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just think it's amazing because you open people's eyes in again, such a simple but impactful way, and you're touching the heart. Who gave you permission to fail? Because the permission that you have to fail gives you this overly, not when I say overly optimistic, but it gives you this optimistic part of it of like, who cares? Like, I'm going to try it. If it fails, okay, I'll learn. But who gave you that permission in the first place? Because most people have a block or a barrier in that place. I, I think a lot of that permission comes from things in my past. I mean, the moments that you learn from your lessons, right? I mean, I wasn't always like that. And, and, and we could go into that story where in 2008 and it's coming up to 13 years when my son was born, right? Be prior to that, I was, I was never this stay at home. I was always about building, building, working, 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 trying to grow as quick as I possibly could. And, and we had that aha moment when my son was born in, in April, it was April, April 19, 2008. And uh, we almost lost my son and my wife the same night. And, and for the next four months, sick kids hospital became our home and, and our, and, and we almost through that process, we almost lost my son three or four times. And when he finally came home and we were able to um, bring him home, he was, when we had a story and I told the story to you prior, but he was discharged and, and given a diagnosis, a label of um, several palsy. And we were told to be confined to a wheelchair. And I, and that was my aha moment where I didn't, I couldn't justify living a life knowing my son was going to suffer. And I had to do everything in my mind and my purpose to give him the best opportunity to, to succeed. And I realized that now more than ever, my time was so precious with him. And I had a very short window I gave myself a window of, of, I said to myself, between 12 and 14 is, is up to that age, that age is to be so critical for me to get them to a certain level physically, mentally, spiritually. So I really knew in my head, 
I had a window of 12 to 14 years to really impact his life. And we're getting on to, as of Monday, year 13, and he went from possible wheelchair to, to AFO braces. We were told he'd be in braces till he's 20. And by the time this airs, we have already ran our first marathon together. This is his birthday is on Monday, the 19th of April. And we're actually doing our first marathon on Sunday, the 18th of April together. So it's been such an impactful journey. But I've also realized how valuable and how time is a currency and how important time is. And that's one thing you're never going to get back. So I realized how impactful it would be for me to really focus my energy and and any time I had towards the most important things because everything else comes, you know, it is Kelly, you could build a business as much as people struggle and they're like, Oh, you know what? If you truly have a passion and a love for something, you can make it work. And businesses, I have that mindset, no matter what, I could look at anything, figure out a way to make money from it. And I've always had that mindset. So I've never, ever been purpose-driven through money because I always knew in my head, if that didn't work out, it's not an issue because I'll figure another way to make money. But you know what? Losing my wife and my son the same night almost mm-hmm. made me realize that those things can't come back. So I have that mindset now where businesses will grow. Family is more important. My health, my my health, mentally, physically, spiritually, myself is more important. And then everything else comes around. And that's why I really focus my schedule every single month on my family schedule, on my health first. And then everything else plugs in business-wise. And because I take care of myself and I, and I take care of my family, I'm in a higher vibration all day long. I'm able to work more hours on my business. I'm actually able to scale my businesses to even higher levels because I have I know where my grounded purpose is. I know where my anchor is every day. Here we go again with the shameless promotion. This episode is also brought to you by Piper Diamonds for all your jewelry needs. My necklace that I get complimented all over the country and all over the world, uh, my pennant was made by Piper Diamonds Company. This place is absolutely phenomenal. When you're looking for that special something for that special someone, Piper Diamonds is the only answer. It's piperdiamonds.co. And it's also brought to you by Kelly Cardenas Salon in Las Vegas and in Chicago. This is top-level service, guys, without the ego and hands down the greatest shampoo experience that you will ever have in your life. This will create uh, an evangelistic uh, type experience. You will be talking about this for years and years to come. The wash house, uh, completely separate area, com- uh, different sound system, soundproofed, head, neck, and shoulder massage. You will be over the moon with your experience and you can uh, schedule your appointment at kellycardinasalon.com. Enjoy the rest of the episode. What, like a lot of, and I've been learning this, my, my son, my, well, I've been learning a, a lot in, in parenthood, right? And yeah. my daughter was born in 2008. And my son was born in 2011. Hopefully I said that right. Cause if not, then we'll just edit it. Actually we won't. My kids will just know that I don't know their birthday. Um, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> when my kids came into the world and as I was starting to go, I, I, I had this almost like inside me, like, yo, I'm the dad now and I need to teach these lessons. And then I realized that I'm the one that's getting the lessons. What lessons have, has your son taught you? Man. Unconditional love, resilience, um, patience. I think that's a huge thing. I'm the type of person, Kelly, that I've always been like, I got to do something. It's it's getting done today. 
It's got to happen today. <laughs> but I've learned how to be patient and, and, and look at the long term. I'll give you an example. Um, little things for him. Like originally when, when he was born, his whole right side of his body, because his brain was so damaged, he had no function. And, and he was naturally right-handed, but he, he learned how to do everything with his left hand. But little things were pushing his right finger into a plaster seam and pushing all the way through. That took like three months to do. And understanding that being patient and, and working through it and not expecting everything to happen in, in one second or one day, um, learning how to hop on one foot, it took almost, almost four, three and a half to four months to do to finally do that. But having that goal, we, we set on his bedroom, we have all these goals. And I'd always write on a piece of paper, okay, hop in the wall, wall, day one, day two, day three. And we would keep going till we got there. And we wouldn't stop. And we did it. It was a huge victory, a huge celebration. The next goal. And understanding that with resilience and with patience, everything comes. And everything does come in time. And and sometimes I think we live in a society that we want everything on the spot. And I think and we and and it and it's and, and and we're given a lot on the spot. Like think of think of you and my I mean, you and me, our age, when we were younger, like nowadays. You order something on Amazon and it's literally prime. It's there the next morning or is there a couple hours later in your house? Like we live in a society that everybody expects everything like this. And sometimes understanding the patience and learning how to be patient. And I think my son taught me a lot of that, taught me how to be patient and how to really, really live in the moment. And that's one thing a lot of dads and I, one thing I'm very passionate about with, with talking with a lot of dads is, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm home with my kids and you're not home with your kids. You're on your phone. Your kid is on their video game. You're just because you're in the same room doesn't mean you're home with the kids. You're not present. I mean, present is let's go out and let's go for a hike. Let's go out and go for a bike ride. Let's go out and have a conversation. Let's go out like like every night we did last night with my wife. Like we go for uh, when the kids are put down and they go, they're in bed. I will literally grab my wife and, and we try to do it every night. We'll go for a nice 30 minute power walk just around the block. We keep going around the block and just have our, that's our time to communicate and talk. But I make sure I'm present. My phone's off, just me and her. We're talking, we're having a conversation. She brings her phone just in case the kids have to call, but it's just being present in the moment. And I think a lot of people, they don't appreciate being present in the moment and they don't appreciate being patient and waiting for things. So I think once you master it, and I think that's one thing, those are two things my son really has taught me lesson-wise. What about your wife? What is your, what is your wife? Because I think the, one of the best lessons that my mom told me was she said the best thing, son, that you can do uh, for your kids is to love their mother. And at the time, I was like, you're just telling <laughs> my dad to love you. That's what you're doing here, mom. I could see this. But then I realized it that the greatest gift that we could ever give is to love their mother. Let's talk about your wife and some of the lessons that, that, that she's taught you. And why is it so important to love your wife at the level that you do? She, she the easiest way to understand my wife, she keeps me very grounded. And she gives me that unconditional support that an entrepreneur needs. Cause entrepreneurs, I mean, we go through so many challenges mentally and I, I don't care how successful you are you're constantly questioning your next move you're constantly questioning who you are you're constantly questioning why am I doing this and if you don't have that person that's not going to question what you're doing but they're just going to be there with a the little on the back it's very hard to make it through and my wife the only way I could I describe her is is 
She's just a very simple person. And that, and that, and that is in the highest regard. She, my wife always says this, if, if, if today hasn't changed, it's been a good day. Hmm. That's her mind where change sometimes is not a good thing. I'm always a type where it's like, I got to go, 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 go. And then I get home and she regrounds me. And she's like, she's just, it's all about just spending quality time with the kids, building memories with the family, spending time with your loved ones. She has taught me to really understand. She's the one that pretty much taught me how to understand time as a currency and we can't get it back. So why are you wasting it? So having that grounded level and and to be honest, like I don't know if we talk, we talked about this before, but I've been married for going on to eighteen years. We don't have one bank account together. So financially, we never argue about money. She's very independent. She has her own career. I appreciate that. She would never work for me because she from day one she said I'll never work for you because that would be the quickest way to divorce court. And she said that from day one, and she's never worked for me. And because of that, she keeps everything grounded. Like when she gets home, it's it's. It's almost like, uh, okay, you have anything you want to talk about? Well, it's about work. No, okay, let's move on and go back and to forget about it. Like she doesn't even, she, we don't even talk about my businesses because unless <laughs> there's something ongoing that we have to talk about, but it's, 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 she has her career. I have my career. We don't talk financially. We really don't even discuss money. And it's just all about the family, the kids, our parents, and just trying to build an environment and build memories and build memories, right? I think that's very, very important. And she's taught me how to even even certain stuff like document memories. I, I talk about it in my book and I talk about it on a regular basis is how many people still develop pictures. I think it's a lost art developing pictures because there's nothing more special, Kelly, than grabbing a, an old photo, the smell, the texture, the look. So every time we go on a vacation, anytime we do anything special, we take a crap load of photos and we develop all the photos and we put them in albums. And you know how many times on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, we'll come upstairs and my kids are on the, on the floor looking at albums from five, six years before and laughing their heads off. I think that is such a lost art that I think people have totally forgot about those photos. Those I know everybody's like, oh, I got a cloud, I got a phone. How many times do you look in your phone and go through photos with your family? If you have an album sitting on the on a coffee table, believe me, you're going to go through them, and you're going to remember those memories. And one day when I'm not here, we've built all these albums. Now my kids are going to be able to show their kids. Oh, that was that was what I did that with your with your grandpa, and they're going to show their generations. I'll give you an example. A few months back, probably like five, six months back, we were at my, my dad's house and my, and, and, and my dad pulled out an album of him when he was, um, when he was in the army. And he's going through all, and my son was just memorized because he didn't know that part of grandpa. So all of a sudden, my dad is sitting down with his grandkid and, and telling him stories of stuff he did. And my, and my, and my son was like, Grandpa, like, can I have one of these photos? And now he took that photo and he has it in his room in a frame. And it's it's that memories. Like you you can you could sit there and, and tell a story. The minute you could put a picture to it, that story comes to life. Mm. And I think it's such a lost art. And I and I and I and I preach this all the time: develop photos because it just adds to the realistic part and, and brings that story to life when you're telling it to somebody later on in life, right? This goes right in line. I mean, Jeff, like, do you realize <laughs> how all of you, everything that you talk about, like, is I'm not saying that it's linear, um, yeah. but do you realize that everything that you talk about and everything that you are is connected? Do you see this? I, no, 
Okay. I, I, I just think it's me. It's just, it's just my mindset. And there's, and there's things that I've, I'm, I'm constantly growing and learning. Of That's course. one thing about me too, is, is I always say, I mean, the day you die is the day you stop learning. So I'm always trying to put in things in my life that are going to impact the, my kids, my future. So I always look at just adding, adding value to myself because I look at it. And I mean, talking about something like values, adding photos, adding, adding certain things that are just going to create these value and memories to stuff. Like I, I'll use another example. Like, I'm I'm a strong believer in having and and having a dog at home. Having that unconditional love of a pet at home is so precious for kids because it teaches kids at a very young age what is unconditional love. It teaches them responsibility and teaches them how to love for something. So I've always have we always have a pet at home and I always grew up with pets. My dog my dad used to take two, three dogs at a time at our house out of sh- from shelters and, and rehabilitate them and take care of them. But it was just always this house full of these loving, unconditional loving objects around us that we, we would we would care for, love and hang around with and learn responsibility. And as I got older, I realized my dad would be like, oh, like, go take care of this. It, would, it was teaching us these lessons. And, and from day one, when we got married, the first thing I looked at my wife, and actually the first present I ever bought my wife when we started dating, the first present was a Shih Tzu, a dog. Oh. I actually brought her a dog to my wife. What? She's always, yeah, that was the first present <laughs> I bought my wife when we started dating. And and uh, and uh, so fast forward when we got married, I said, okay, we've been dating for four or five years. I go, we still have never lived together. So we're. I don't want to bring nothing into this world or nothing around us until we know that we're compatible to live together. So we lived together for one year. Uh-huh. And then we said, okay, before we have kids, we want to make sure we be able to take care of something. So we're going to bring introduce a dog into our life. So we brought a dog into our life for a year. We were able to take care of a dog. And then that's when we started the journey on having children. And, and, and we had Milo in our lives for uh, almost 13 years. And he was so precious to our kids till this day. My, that Milo, my, my past dog passed away uh, a little over three years ago. And when he passed away, my daughter back then, she was 11 years old. We have a chalkboard in our kitchen. She drew a picture of Milo and she wrote, we'll miss you forever. It's been three years and no one has the guts to touch or erase that board. It's still in our house on the kitchen. <laughs> and and uh, and uh, and since then, uh, we have, uh, but almost a year and a half later, we ended up um, getting another dog, Jax, which is huge. I mean, that dog is, that dog kisses my kids more than, than we do. So having little things like that, having that unconditional love of a pet around, doing the photo memories. There's so many little things that you could do that are going to add so much value to somebody's family life, right? Another pause for station identification and shameless promotion. This episode is also brought to you by Finley Cars of Las Vegas. I tell you, the next level in the car buying experience, and not only that, but the life of your car, the service that you're going to uh, experience is incredible. It's Finley Volvo Cars uh, lv.com and also brought to you by uh, bling shine serum the only product on the market that will add weightless moisture strength and shine and the only uh, product that has the endorsement of my mama when i showed her all the features and benefits she smelled it and she said this is the greatest product that you've ever done and i thought mom do you not uh, look at the features and benefits she said no if it smells like that it must work and i tell you every single woman needs a little bit of bling in their life and this can be purchased at kellycardinasalon.com well, the reason why I was saying too, Jeff, about your everything being in line is it's so incredible because you bring yourself and this is why, and I, I was wondering, like it's magnet, it's a magnet. Like when you watch your podcast or you listen to your podcast or you uh, consume any of your content, anything, yeah. 
because we haven't got to hang out in person, which we're going to. I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. <laughs> I love it. But there's this magnetism. And what I'm starting to realize as we talk is the reason why is because you bring Jeff into every single thing that you do. Even with your logo that you told me behind, you were like, hey, and you talked to me about the logo. <laughs> you add yourself. Talk to the listeners out there and help us to understand how you're able to authentically, authentically, because there are people who are like, yeah. Jeff, give me the seven steps on how to be able to build a brand. And then they go in and then they build Jeff's brand and their Judy. You know what I'm saying? You bring Jeff into everything. And what's crazy about it, what I'm noticing is you take analog and make it marketable in a digital age. Does that make sense? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I guess everything, so. Yeah, I, never, I never thought about it that way. Everything that you've been talking about, you're like, you're speeding up by slowing everything down. Can you unpack that a little bit for me? Yeah, I, I got to unpack it myself. I know no one's ever asked me that question. It's a great question. So it's, it's, I mean, a simple way of looking at it is, is you're, you're, you're constantly learning from your lessons of your past. And I think your past determines your future. And I think a lot of people try to forget about their past. I don't forget about it. I take the great moments out of it and I bring it with me forward. And I think that's a huge part of, of who I am and, and branding wise and marketing and everything I do is I try to be as authentic as I can because I want to have people understand because we live in an age where social media, there's so much phonies out there. There's everybody's looking for that. It, it is true. I mean, everybody's posing with a car. Everybody's looking for that, that image. There's so much like, I mean, you hear it all the time, toxic, masculine, I mean, it just is this toxic environment where people are not who they are. And it's because everybody's looking for that, that reaction, that like, that, that viewing. And I, I had in my mind from day one that I was going to just be as, as authentic as I could and be who I am. And, and not look at, like, like we talked before, the look at the long-term game. And, and I'm not looking for the list of reaction. I'm looking at the long-term game where it's, it's all about if I look at myself or I look at my kids, look at my content 10 years from now, wasn't me the whole time. I want them and my children, my wife, my family to be able to go through my past and my content and my branding and everything and say, yeah, that's Jeff. That's who he is. Even from the colors to the concept, everything is just, is who I am, is who I'm comfortable with. And as long as like I'm wearing a hat, I'm wearing, like it just, it's everything I live in my element, right? And I talked about this, like I was talking yesterday with somebody like, I could drive a really, really nice car now. I drive a Jeep Wrangler because it fits my lifestyle. I like, like going off-roading. I like like going, driving a Jeep. So it's it's being authentic to who you are and being real of who you are. And, 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 and as long as you could stay in your lane and be authentic, it's going to still, that lane's going to widen and widen as you grow and, and, and more people are going to be coming to your network, but you're also adding magnets to the right people. Cause when you're fake, you're bringing, you're adding all the people who are jumping on your bandwagon are the exact same people that you don't want to be with. So you're just adding to this fake story. You're building this fake persona. It's almost like that pathological liar. They, they start a lie and they can't stop lying to continue that lie. But if you're authentic from day one, you're gonna you're gonna just it's gonna be a magnet for good people like you that are gonna attract, and then you're just gonna keep expanding and growing with good people. And, and that's 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 all you could ask for every single day, right? And everything comes, opportunities come, right? So you can really be fake and get the initial reaction. Mm. But look at the long-term game. Is that gonna be sustainable? 
So I'd rather be authentic and look at the long-term game and really focus on growing slowly and building the right environment, the right people around me, something I could look at 10 years from now and be proud of than, than the short-term game, right? When you were young, Jeff, when did you take, did you ever take the short game? Like the reason why I asked this is because my wife, I, I wish that, yeah. I wish I would have listened to my, okay. My mom always said like, uh, you know, it's not about the flesh and all the stuff in a relationship. It's about being friends with someone. And I was like, mom, I ain't trying to be friends with nobody. Like I'm trying to find <laughs> the hottest chick in the room. I don't care if she's dumb. We're going to hang out and do our thing. You know what I mean? And then I started to realize, and, and my wife happened to me because my brother came to me one day. You'll love my brother too. He, yeah. he came to me and he's like, your picker's broken. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, your picker's, but you keep picking this wrong person. And he's like, you keep picking the same person with a different name, with the same challenges. Your picker's broken. I'm taking over. I'm picking the next one. And he picked my wife. And I was like, or, uh, that's awesome. And then he came to me and he's like, I know who it is. And he told me, and I was like, dude, that's my friend. Did you ever, when you were younger, Jeff, have a short-term decision that <laughs> helped you to realize that the long game is the way to go? I probably, I probably had a ton of them, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, I think that's probably our, our learning curve, right? I mean, I always say that, I mean, any, any wrong decision you made is not a wrong decision if you, if you learned it from it and you've, and you've grown from it. Um, and I'll give you an example on that in a sec, but I want to bring back to something you just mentioned right there. When I was got 20, maybe 21, maybe even younger. I remember watching his interview, which just, it was just, I don't know why I thought of this right now, because it just popped the light bulb in my head. It was Tom Cruise, and he was being interviewed, and he was talking about love and relationships and marriage. And he says, when you're looking at picking your wife, he goes, think about this. He goes, if you're married to this absolutely beautiful person, and she were to have, or he were to have, your partner would have a car accident, and their looks and their image would change forever. Would you still want to be with them 20 years from now, sitting down, having a conversation? So having that mindset when the beauty is gone or the lights are off, do you still have interest in hearing their story? And I remember hearing something that, and it's probably, it's probably I probably mangled how he said it, but it was essentially is looks, the image, time, mother, mother nature, time has has its clock on everything over the long haul. Do you see yourself having dinner, having breakfast, having sitting there when the kids are out of the house? Like, do you see yourself still having a conversation with that person? Mm. And, and I think that was very, very, very evident when I, when I got married, it was, it was, I looked at my wife and I thought, you know what, like 20 years from now, 30, like, like I could see myself still hanging out with her and being her friend. And I think that friendship is very, very valid. And it's something you constantly have to work on. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, because life gets to you. Kids get to you. COVID gets to you. Things happen. So that's why I think it's very important. Even me and my wife, like going for a walk every night, just being able to talk and be by yourselves and, 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 and tell each other what you're thinking and what you're feeling and what you're, what you're going through and stuff like that. Like having that open dialogue, I think is so, so valid because you, you get so lost when you have kids, you get so lost in, in, in their world and they become your world, and especially with my son, with all these difficulties and all this stuff, challenges you had, they became your world. So knowing how to separate and block in a little time, even if it's a little time, 15, 20 minutes a day with your partner and being able to say, Hey, how's your day? 
anything you're going through, anything you want to talk about. Having that open dialogue goes a million, million percent further over the long haul than anything else. So I think is is being valid and, and understanding that um, the long, like, like that person, like you have to, you have to have that friendship. And I love what you said is, is with your wife, who's that friendship when your brother picked her, right? You're friends already. So essentially you were already well ahead of the game with that person, not realizing it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, now's the time to do some shameless promotion. This episode is brought to you by Squeeze Dried, a delicious, no-hassle way to get superfoods, vitamins, and nutrition. SqueezeDried.com. It's also brought to you by Cardenas Law Group, a high-level boutique law firm for all your personal injury needs. That's CardenasLawGroup.com. Thank you so much again for listening. Hopefully, you're continuing to enjoy the episode. Well, and I, and I scored, man, because when you saw my, my wife is super hot too, and she's got, and she's so, got, and she's got hotter over time. But I was thinking, man, if I choose a friend, I mean, it, I'm not going to, but I want, like, if you sit back and you're not in a rush, and this is what I hear from you. If you sit back yeah. and you're not in a rush, you're going to have abundantly more than what you could ever imagine. Even if you were running fast at it, everything comes in time. Be patient, man. Everything comes in time. And I mean, like I said, there's, you, you want to learn from your past and I'm very persistent, even with my kids. Like I, I, I'll, I'll tell you a little, like even a little story of my daughter in the last year, like, um, she's, she's a high performance dancer on a, on a, on a high performance team. And I think we went through that story, but it's, it's a situation where she had entered a competition. She finished third. She trained her rear off to get there. She was all like sad and depressed. And I said, listen, I go, you're, you, you, I want you to finish first. I want you to be a winner. Like I teach my kids, you, you want to be winners, but at the same time too, you'll learn from it. So I said, listen, I go, you're going to study the video of the second place and the first place person study it, figure out what the second place did, figure out what the first place did, learn what you didn't do. And then study your video and figure out what you did wrong. Mm -hmm. So when you go into that comp next competition, even though you finished third, you've learned from it. But if you just did that competition and moved on and started training for the next one and didn't really reflect and learn from your mistakes, you've not having grown. So that was that was a waste of time. So that you can look that at anything in life. You have a business that failed. Why did it fail? Did you not ask for help? Which I think is along, along, along the line of most people, most entrepreneurs have that mindset is I'll figure it out myself. Sometimes you have to ask for help. You have to network. You have to build stuff. So understanding that what you did wrong and learning from it, I think, is is critical. And the minute you were able to do that, I mean, like I said, we talked about that, your wins and losses, your your wins start stacking up more than your losses because you're not going to make those mistakes again, right? So son and daughter, am I correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so son and daughter and and your wife. Yeah. Jeff, tell each one of them something that maybe they haven't heard or if they have heard it they haven't heard it enough and that you would like to say to them now uh i'm gonna start with my daughter because for years i really focused on my son and i didn't give her the the attention i think i she deserved and and her maturity is 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 next level so i i mean to my daughter just i appreciate her as a young lady and I appreciate her future. Cause I, I, I see how impactful she's going to be to so many people. Cause her, her willingness to just put herself aside to help others 
and what she did for my son and for her brother is is remarkable. Like she literally put her self interest aside for eleven years almost because she was aware that her brother needed more attention. And and I don't know if we talked about this, but did we talk about her reward she got in grade eight? Mm-mm. Did I tell you about her story of uh, the dance that she put aside? No, let's do it. Okay. So I thought we talked about this um, prior, but so my daughter's been doing dance since three years old, four years old. I, I, I was that dad that would sit on the bench with a bunch of moms waiting for my daughter for two years to do for two hours, every three times a week while she did ballet. I, I was that dad and, and um, she did dance, but it was always just for fun. It was always rec centers. It was always just for fun once a week, twice a week. So you would have your annual recital, but she loved it. And she would come home and on her own practice all the time, practice all the time. So fast forward 11 years and um, my son had, it was, he was doing amazing. He was really, really progressing. And um, so 11, almost 12 years fast forward. And uh, she came to me one day and she's like, dad, she goes, um, I have always wanted to be on a competition team but I never asked you and mom because I realized how much attention Tiago needed. And I knew that dance takes so much time. And I know that Tiago needs the attention more than I do. And I was like, this is 11 year old telling you this. And I said, and I was just quiet. And I go, so what would you like to see? And she goes, she goes, um, she goes, I know being on a full-time team, it might be five, six times a week. And I still, I know still Tiago still needs attention. So I would, if you're okay, I would love to try out now. I'm finally ready. I love to try out for the part-time team. And I looked at her and I go, do you think you do well? And she goes, I, th- I know I'll do well. She's very confident in herself. And I said, okay. I go, you can try out for the part-time team, which is two competitions and one recital. I go, if you do well, I'll allow you to try out for the full-time team next year. She was like gleaming. And I was like, this kid put her self goals aside at 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Like all these years she was putting this aside, never telling us what she really wanted. But she realized her brother needed help, more attention. Which is I like I I get like I, I feel like crying every time I think about this, and so she went she did the f- part time she crushed both tournaments she won platinum won both of them so I had no choice next year of course dad had to allow her to try for the full time team she went for the full time team made the team not an issue and uh, she came to me she's like dad she goes there's a high performance team that's Toronto wide and it's all the schools she goes the high performance team she goes I really want to try for this high performance team. She goes, it might, um, she goes, it's like 40 bucks a trial. She's like four or 500 girls. They're all like high level dance. I'm not going to make, I just want the experience. Not an issue. I say, let's go. I put, I put, uh, I put her in the car. We go down. I sit in the car for two hours, pay the 40 bucks. She does it, tries out week passes, week and a half passes. Don't hear nothing. We just move on. All of a sudden I get a phone call. Guess what? My daughter made, they only picked 11 kids out of 400 or something. She made the high performance team. I'm like, wow. I was so proud of her, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, this is like, she does dance seven days a week now. And I was like, okay, this is going to change the world. So what I did with her is I took her to, we have a Starbucks down the street. So I took her for um, me and her just to have a uh, go to Starbucks. And, uh, and I made the girl write on the cup and I did this to post is almost two and a half years ago. I made it, I put up on the post uh, on, I asked the girl to write on the cup. You made the sit team. And so she's drinking her juice and I'm like, what, the, what does that say on there? And she's like, what? She's reading it. She's reading it. She starts bawling. And, and uh, it was just, it was such a great moment between us. And, and fast forward, um, fast forward all these years. Now, a couple of years later, um, she's like, like literally on this high performance team. Usually you're on the team for like four or five years. Like I'm bragging about my daughter now. So you have to be on the That's team good. for four That's or five good. years before you're even allowed to have a solo 
or or a duet. After year two, she has a solo. This year, she had a solo duet, and she's on three teams. Like this kid just kills it, and her drive is just like incredible. So graduation of this past year, which is grade eight, she was going to high school, and because of COVID, homeschool the last three four months, it was a virtual graduation. It was a big thing for her. Going to grade eight to high school is a huge thing for kids, right? So we were all like upset that she couldn't have a proper graduation. But so we had it on our TV. We had all our family over and it was a live graduation. So the principal's on the screen and talking. And because she does so well in school and stuff, we never even paid attention to her school. So all of a sudden they're like, okay, you're on a roll. She graduates on our honor roll. We're like, wow, this is awesome. But the most amazing was the last award of the night. Um, the, and the principal's like, oh, the last award of the night is probably one of our most precious ones and something we really celebrate and all this stuff is a sibling award, best sibling award. She won best sibling award for taking care of her brother always and always watching out for him. Wow. How crazy is that? Yes. Like, I like it's it just, it just in my head, I'm like, like how, how luck, how we lucked out. Yes. I mean, so. I just, I, I mean, the easiest thing to say to my daughter, and I, and I know I'm, I made this a long-winded answer here, is just uh, thank you for being who you are. It's like I'm so proud of her. My wife, uh, it, it's the same thing. Thank you for just always not questioning my craziness and believing in me. I mean, that's the easiest way. It's just her belief in me as a person and and her trust in in, in my ability to make things work out. And, and and same thing, just unconditional love. Like there, we went through times before my son was born where I was so driven on my work, where I I I, I wasn't the husband or the partner that she needed at that time, but she never gave up on me, and she was present. And and it was just this, this, this we have this this friendship, which I think is unbreakable. And I think our friendship is is what keeps us always strong, right? So I appreciate her. I appreciate her friendship, and I, I appreciate. And I appreciate her as a mom. I mean, she's such an incredible mom. So I think that those are the things to my wife and my son. I mean, I am, I am, I am the man I am today because my son. I always, a lot of people look at me and always say this to me, Kelly, is my Tiago was born. I was meant to be his dad because, and and they, and I always hear that, and people always tell me that because my drive, my mindset of not giving up, like I, I just, I will not give up. And in my mind, in my not giving up is what got him to where he is today physically. But I look at him and I think he is meant to be my son because I am not the man I am today. I'm not the caring, loving person and, and, and have the heart I am today if I didn't have his unconditional love and his drive and his, and his desire to be. Right. So it, it goes both ways. We were just like everything he's been through. I think it has made me so much more stronger. And I don't, re- yeah, I could look back and be like, oh man, like I wish we didn't have to go through A, B, and C with him. But you know what? All those things we've been through, I would not regret, I would not change one moment of it because it just made us so strong and our bond is so strong. And, and my character built at such a high level because everything he went through, it just those struggles made us really, really who we are today. So, um, my son is just like, he's, I, and, and I, he's, he's the joy of my life. Like, honest to God, Kelly, he is like, I, I, I put a, every time I see him, I just put a smile on my face. I just, I, I adore my kid to death. I adore both of them, but my son, everything he's been through, it just, it makes me just really appreciate who he is. And, and, and I realize how impactful he's going to be to rest to, to millions of people one day with his stories. 
I think he's an inspiration to millions of people right now. And so are you, Jeff. You are that friend in their life, though, that I don't want my wife being around you too much because then she's going to see what's possible. <laughs> she's going to see what like a real husband looks like. She's going to see what a real man looks like. I'm like, I'm going to take Jeff in doses. I'm not going to allow you to be over all the time, Jeff, because you're going to be loving on your kids, loving on your wife. And my wife is going to be like, yo, it's possible. I'm just joking with you, man. But I just, I, I, I want to thank you, man. I started the whole podcast because I wanted to be an example to my kids to take iconic people like you who, I mean, <clears throat> accomplish crazy things, like amazing things in business, in life, in all these places. But at the, at the, the basis of it, you're a phenomenal person who happens to do great things. And that's why you're iconic to me. And so I, that's why I started the podcast, take iconic people and show my kids that iconic people are human beings who have a great attitude and phenomenal work ethic. So if you could give advice to Maddox and McKenna, who Maddox is the superhero, the nine-year-old crazy man running all over the place, joyous, happy all the time. Uh, McKenna is the 12-year-old that has the, uh, the art, the heart, and loves everything at the highest level and can just walk into a room and light it up. What advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna, Jeff? If you could use their names, can you use their names yeah, too? Yeah, Maddox and McKenna. Yeah. Maddox yeah. and McKenna, yeah, of course. <sighs> I would say for both of them is, and at this age, you're so young and it's hard to gasp. And it's something I learned later on in life is appreciate the time you have with your family. Appreciate the moments you have because there's a lot of people in this world that, that grow up without a dad or a mom and, 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 and being able to have both loving parents around you and being able to cherish those moments with them, I think is so precious. I think later on in life, like I look back and think of all the those road trips with my dad and, and my mom and and how in they impacted the rest of my life and how much the love, the unconditional love they gave me, how it impacted the rest of my life. So be good to each other because having a good relation with your sibling is so important. I know it's hard when you're young and you're fighting, but being good to each other because in the end of the day, blood's blood's thicker than water and 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 having that relationship is so important. But just appreciating your parents and understanding that your parents, everything they do, you're doing it for your benefit. They're not doing it to 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 put a block or a stop of where you're trying to go. They're trying to do it for your benefit. And at the same time, too, live every single day. And as you get older, you appreciate this. Live every single day with zero regrets. If you want to do something, you want to see something go out and explore and see it and intake it. And it, it is, we live in such an amazing world that has so much to offer us. And I think the people that, that grow the most, that develop the most, that have the most wonderful lives are the ones that are not scared to go out and, and, and take gasp every opportunity and see as many possible things as they possibly could. Jeff, it's incredible. I do a thing called morning pages. So I go out yeah. in the morning, I write three pages, I go sit at the beach. Um, and then I uh, do a journal to my uh, to my daughter right now, I write letters to her every day, and then I give them to her on Friday. Yeah. And then she gives them gives it back to me on Friday. And then I uh, continue to write. And I'm going to start doing this with my with my son too. But it, I just felt imperative for my daughter. This morning, I uh, what, what God gave to me was that um, not to pour gas on the fire. And I didn't know what this meant. He said, don't pour gas on the fire. Um, take your time. And uh, he said that gas will make the flame flare up, 
but it won't last and it won't create the, the type of heat in the fire that will need that you'll need to sustain. And I had yeah. no idea what you were going to bring today. What you brought today, man, was you don't bring Jeff does not pour gas on anything. He thinks of the long game. He thinks of how it's going to affect in the long term. And that's what, for me, I, I want you to understand how much of a blessing that you have been to me today, man. And you have no idea. I mean, this one, this one's for me. Like all you listeners out there, you're listening. But this one was for me. The, the message that you gave today and the, the things that you were able to give helped me to really focus on the, the long game and not, not the gasoline, but to take the time and get it to burn at a, at a hot, hot rate. Um, so this is the time if you're listening to the podcast where you subscribe, you click the links, all the stuff that, but for me, that's unimportant. Um, what's important to me is, is that message and how you delivered it on such a high level, man. And again, you have been such an incredible, incredible blessing to me today. And could, I want to, could thank I ask you a question? Kelly? Yes. Yes, sir. You said you write letters to your, your kids. Um, do you always give them or do you save some? I haven't saved any yet. I give them to them every week. I give them to them on Friday and just have them read them. Um, so somebody had told me this a while back and it's something I've started doing. Mm-hmm. And on each of their birthdays, I'll actually sit back a couple of days before and I'll write the whole year prior, every memory, good memory that we had together wow. and, any, and, and how they've impacted me that year. And I'll write it down and I'll put in the letter and I just put it away. And I do that every year. And, and, and one day when I'm not here any longer, they could go back and look at every single year as they developed and became adults. They could look back at all the memories we did together that year and, and how I felt with them and how I loved them at that time and what I thought of them at that time. Because once again, the long haul, I'm looking at this as something as a memory for them. So I think it's, it's such a cool little thing that somebody taught me and, and it's something I started instilling. And it's, and it's something where, you're doing it knowing that it's going to be something that you're hoping they appreciate and they're going to save and, and something that they'll cherish forever. Right. One day. Yeah. Jeff, like everything, Jeff, that's, that's, it's everything, Jeff, uh, honestly, like I, 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 and you guys, for all of you out there listening, you know why I wanted to have this guy on the show. And I'm going to ask you in front of everyone that I want a second episode. I want a third one. I want a fourth one. I want a fifth one. I want to spend time because there's so much wealth of knowledge and not only that, but I think that the application of knowledge, which is wisdom that you bring to every situation, man, like Every like two seconds with you, you want to be a better person and um, you want to be a better dad. You want to be a better father, although you don't want your wives watching too much of his stuff because then you see what's possible, guys. Um, so, Jeff, you have been absolutely phenomenal. And I want to I want to thank you so much for for being here today. Um, you are dude. you absolutely blew me away. I'm speechless. I appreciate you. And I appreciate the platform. And, and just for your audience to know that I'm, I'm super excited to have Kelly on my podcast in the next couple of weeks. And I mean, I, I, I value you and I think you add so much value to the world. So I appreciate what you're doing. And I think there is so much more impact for people like yourself and myself and others like us that have to keep showing up every day and, and, and just giving and pouring back. Cause you're you're we're constantly with our platforms and with our social media as sometimes you would question why are we doing it but the impact over the long haul it's it is is in, is invaluable and we have to look at it where 
even if we impact one person and we change the life of one person, we're doing something good. So that's all I have to say to you. Um, I appreciate you and thank you for having this platform as well, Kelly. You're officially off the hot seat, Jeff. Yeah.